ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Maybe I should wear a pubic wig on the red carpet for the actors. What are you wearing, a pubic wig? (laughs) I'm wearing a full bush. It's my chaparelli. It's a pubic (laughs) wig. It's my chaparelli Birkin. Hello, hello. Oh, wow. That's a blast from the past. Well, you know why I said that? Because I was listening to the Hottest 100 and broadcasting it from Mm. 20 years ago, in which that was the year that Hello, Hello and, sorry, the rest of the Cat Empire big tunes busted into the countdown for the first time. And you know what else I heard, Miff? What? Your voice scattered throughout that hottest Get out. 20 what was it years doing? ago. What, I didn't hear it because obviously I've been working on weekends and and whatnot whenever this broadcast. I See, I missed the hottest 100. I didn't even listen to that. Like I'm completely outside of life at the moment. But when, when was it on? When was your hottest 100 of tw- 2003? It was on Saturday. So we did it like it's become, for anybody who doesn't know, this annual tradition that we do. On Triple J, you have the hottest 100 of the current year. And on Double J, days or in this case a week later, yep. we do the hottest 100 of 20 years ago and we oh. recount it down, dig into the archives. It's very fun. And this year was 2003. But you were on air and I was fully... What was I saying? It was, I, we broadcast it on Saturday and um, you were you just talking, as you do, very intelligently about music. But I had to CSI the kind of who was with you. I was like, whose voice is that? I think it was Nicole Foot. Foot. And yes. Fenella Kernabone was in the Get mix out. too. It was the Melbourne crew of the Triple Melbourne J. Crew. We're doing like uh, 100 to 80, the arse end, as I, <laughs> as I predicted, because the Melbourne crew always got the arse end because we weren't very important. I tell you what, though, you were, and the, and that was the most clear part of the broadcast because as you get closer and closer to number one, it gets way wilder more and loose. Wilder because everyone was having a great time back in 2003. <laughs> but you've also got this room full of very alpha personalities like Chris and Craig who were doing Today Today and Adam and Will who were doing breakfast. You wouldn't get a word in, would you, with that lot? I mean, I love them dearly, but that's a lot of noise. For anybody who says that Triple J used to sound better, I encourage you to listen to some of those archive. It's a fucking dog's breakfast. Uh, It was was a lot looser. That's all I'm going to say. It was a lot looser. But it was very fun and it was very nice hearing Baby Miff. Although you do sound the same, you've always sounded like a brilliant, beautiful broadcaster. With a touch of bogan that I can't get rid of. <laughs> Even two years living in England didn't get rid of. Yeah, you can't get rid of the Red Cliffs. No, you um, can't. You but can't. it was beautiful to hear. Well, what have you been up to this week? You've been moving about Well, a lot. I finished Rocky Horror. on. That's why I did, haven't listened to anything on weekends because we did four shows on the weekend. So you do a Saturday matinee, Saturday night, Sunday matinee, Sunday night. We finished on Sunday night, drove the car back to Brisbane for a couple of days and then got on a plane on Tuesday night, came to Sydney and I'm filming some stuff. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know who I am right now. No rest okay. for the wicked. That's okay. It's, um, it'll be all right next week when it's all finished. But no, I'm having fun actually. It's nice. It's nice to do lots of very different things from Rocky Horror to filming a documentary for the ABC is quite a different experience. So I'm learning a lot about how to, you know, just, just go with it at this point, which is good. One day at a time, one foot in front of the other. I've yeah. also been trying to CSI your Instagram because did you post a picture of a lizard the other day? Yeah, I did. I, I was in a I was in a forest yesterday, doing something called forest bathing. Oh hell yeah, yeah. So I can't talk too much about what it is that I'm doing, but I'll probably can, but I, I won't just in case I get in trubs. Um, <laughs> and but it involved forest bathing, which is like wandering into any kind of wooded bush area and touching trees. Just standing there 
feeling it, looking at the looking at the trees and the sky and the birds. It was beautiful. It was actually exactly what I needed yesterday, even though I was working. So it was awesome. I love. And that I found you're... I saw a, it was a huge Lizzie. It was a big Lizzie, <laughs> and it had a flower in its mouth, and it was super cute. <laughs> Oh, the romance. Yes, that was Just happy Valentine's to me a couple of days early. Love it. That's so good. Uh, I love that your work takes on the form of wellness. It's still obviously work. You've got to be switched on, but I like the idea that you're forest bathing after a, a big and hectic run of Rocky Horror for the last month. I didn't know about forest bathing, though. Though When I got the email saying this is what I'm doing, I went, okay, this sounds delightful, but there is no way I'm getting on camera in my bathers for the whole nation to see. Please, please put the, please put, just put a big no on this straight away. <laughs> <laughs> and they like came back and went, no, it's sort of just forest bathing in name. And I was like, oh, thank God. Letting the sounds and the feels yeah. and the smells of the forest wash over you. That's right, and I oh, did. But so I also good. had to touch a tree, right, and cop this. I was touching a tree and then all of a sudden the director goes, Miff, don't, don't freak out. But right next to your hand is a huge huntsman spider, <gasps> like huge. And it's like it's like they can smell my fear. <laughs> I of all the places where I, I go, they, they turn up. They just know, here she is, go. You're like, I'm just trying to forest bathe here. <laughs> forest bathing and you're stressing me out. Go away, <laughs> Get Harry. away from me. Go, Harry. Yeah. How have you been? Sorry, enough about me. That's all right. I've been good. I've actually been um, well and truly in the realm of lots of music this week because in my other job as ABC National Music Correspondent, yeah. I watched the full three and a half hours of the Grammys and it was really good, Miff. It was actually a good ceremony this year. There were some dud points, which, you know, we'll talk about, but I thought it was a really good ceremony. Did you see any of it? I've seen the highlights. That's me in a nutshell. Just I go for the highlight, highlights. <laughs> that package. is us, isn't it? Yeah. I watched the three and a half hours. You watched the highlights. Yeah, yeah. And and we both come out the end with, you know, with, with enough that we need. Um, and, yeah, look, it looked like a ceremony I would have enjoyed, to be honest. There felt like a bit of, you know, we sort of come out of those – couple of years of the pandemic where things just felt weird. It felt like things didn't feel as weird and people were being, I don't know, a little bit more authentic and a little bit more true to themselves, less worried, I guess, about a lot of things. And that's the spirit of a music show award ceremony. It needs to have that looseness and it needs to have that honesty and a and, and bit rough around the edges too, because let's face it, it's it's not a fashion business. It's it's music and, and people that make music come from all walks of life and it just felt a bit more real to me this year. Oh, 100%. And I feel like someone who really inhabited that CBF energy was mm. Miley Cyrus. Oh. This was her performance when she got up just after she'd won her very first Grammy. I didn't want to leave you but had to. I didn't want to fight but we did. Started to cry. Then remembered I just won my first Grammy. Yay! <laughs> Just owning it. Yes. She both she managed to walk that incredible tightrope of being really stoked and, you know, rightfully earnest and excited about winning her first mm. Grammy, but also saying to the room when she won it again, you know what, none of this stuff matters. Like, you know, it is easy to say that when you're up on stage and you've just won the Grammy, yeah. but just kind of keeping it at the level. And she even just before this moment called out the crowd in front of her because they were clearly along. doing music industry stuff, talking stiffs. amongst themselves. Music industry stiffs is what we call them. She was like, don't act like you don't know this song yeah. and just got them up on her feet. And I love that for Miley. She also wore some amazing Whoa. outfits, which we will get to in fashion. Um, but it feels like it was just a great moment for Miley, who's been in our radar world and on our radar for, for decades now, if you think about it, How as a little kid. How has she not won a Grammy, though, before? I mean, Isn't Wrecking, wrecking Ball... 
is one of the, you know, when you think about a particular year, and I can't remember what year it was, but if you think about that year, that song would be the song of that year. 100%. And I would say Wrecking Ball is probably a stronger song than Flowers. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, Flowers is good, yeah. but Wrecking Ball is great. Speaking of amazing moments in the Grammys very early on, oh, oh God, this happened. The amazing Tracy Chapman joining Luke Combs, who made her song Fast Car a huge hit mm. again. And I didn't realise this, but she hasn't performed that song publicly in 15 years. She's rarely seen, she doesn't tour, she's pretty reclusive. But she came out on stage, and I love this myth, she came out and sang first. It wasn't Luke mm. kicking off, because he's made a huge hit with her song. Yeah. And it was really, speaking of which, giving her her flowers and showing so much respect. You could see the way that he looked at her with yeah. such reverence. And it was so fitting and, and showed a lot of grace to give her the platform and really make it about Tracy Chapman. Oh, absolutely. And and why wouldn't you? I mean, what a phenomenal song and a phenomenal artist. And she really showed up how different the worlds are now in terms of like the music industry and whatnot. So many people on social media saying, oh, who's this Tracy Chapman? Where, you know, what, what, oh, she was, she was an outsider artist and she came from a very alternative upbringing and, uh, you know, all these things that were kind of very normal when she wrote that song. And it, it just showed what a very different world it is to me. And I felt really emotional watching that song. Same. It's such a difficult song as well. And it says so much about where America's at that so many years later, these problems, these issues are just still going around and around and around and around. And mm. and it, it made me feel quite, quite sad, but also amazed at at how much she captured a moment in time. And yet that moment in time keeps repeating. And it, yeah, it was just... Yeah, it was really, it was a lot to watch that, I think. It's kind of devastating when you think about that, isn't it? That's the reason that it's resonated with so many people. But to, yeah, bring it back, I remember as a little kid, what was that record put out in 89? Was God, it around yeah. then or 90? That that was one of those albums that my parents had on the player. And the rest of the album, if you haven't dived into it yet, is harrowing. It is beautiful mm. but harrowing. She is a real truth teller. And the fact that that's resonating in 2024, like you say, in 2023, says a lot, doesn't it? Absolutely. And I think... Um, so many people were really touched by it, but it, yeah, there was some beautiful threads on social media about why they cried and <laughs> cause people were trying to work out why is this so incredibly touching and, and lots of folk had said, um, not just her, the majesty and her integrity of that performance and of that song, but also that realization that the dream of America is kind of over yeah. in so many ways because that dream that you anyone can make it if that story is still significant of of a woman who just can't get out of a cycle of poverty and 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 difficulty and all of that back then it's it's not going to change social mobility is not possible in a place like america anymore you you're not going to make it kind of thing and i think a lot of people you know i think we feel that in australia too given cost of living and all of that this song resonates so strongly because nothing's changed yeah, it's incredible. And I've got to say, as a side note, do you remember a few years ago when there was a horrific dance remix of Fast Car, oh, yeah. which was about the most inappropriate thing I've ever heard? I, this is far better. <laughs> I didn't think she allowed any covers. I'm surprised that happened, but maybe it 
Kind Maybe of. it was the label who had the masters, and they were like, "Yeah, you can remix yeah. this." And she was um, jumped over in that uh, in that decision making. Yeah. It was truly the most inappropriate song to remix ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of boiling your eyes out. Did you see Joni get up there with Brandy Carlisle? Um, a whole bunch of different artists. Lucius was up there. Her Joni Jam crew, who have been joining her on stage. Oh, my God, I just sat there and cried. I know. Beautiful. <laughs> it's the first time she's ever performed at a Grammys. She's Is 80 that... years old. First time Joni Mitchell has ever been asked or oh. agreed to perform at the Grammys. Isn't that wild? Finally. They, they've let her in. <laughs> Fuck that. Whenever I listen to this song, I'm... Just, again, flawed, thinking you wrote this when you were 21 and this is an amazing song to listen to as you look back mm. on your life as an 80-year-old woman, as someone who had a brain aneurysm 10 years ago and had to relearn how to walk, talk, sing and play guitar, literally had to begin at the beginning again. Mm. And now she's up on stage touring. Uh, but also just the thinking about this this song, just the the wisdom of this song. She's just... One of the greatest songwriters of all time. Totally. You, you know that she's doing her Joni Jam at the Hollywood Bowl in October and I'm considering flying there to see it. Do it. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, no. Well, I can imagine the audience. It's going to be pretty funny. I just, I'd be there in the middle of it going. <laughs> <laughs> you and everybody else there. Oh, my goodness. Actually, go. You've got to go. I'm really You've got to go as our correspondent. It. Okay, there we go. Then I can claim it on tax. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. I saw Lana Del Rey at the Hollywood Bowl just before the pandemic in 2019 and it was one of the most extraordinary things I've ever seen. So it's just, anyway, that's by the by. Watch this space. Lots of stuff happened at the Grammys. There was another really big moment where Jay-Z got up and um, was awarded a, it's almost like a Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm. It was like the Dr. Dre Impact Award. And, man, he really used his platform up there yep. to tell it like it is, didn't he? He sure did. I don't want to embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won album of the year. So even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. Think about that. The most Grammys, never won album of the year. That doesn't work. You know, some of you, some of you going to go home tonight and feel like you've been robbed. Some of you may get robbed. Some of you don't belong in a category. Yeah, so Jay-Z pulling no punches there. The the woman he's referring to is his wife, is Beyonce, who was sitting there and just kind of smiling. Um, and not his, not his daughter, who is beside him. Oh, my <laughs> that God. That was confusing when he said this young lady. I'm like, she hasn't won any awards yet. She will. She, 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 was also, she was also like Lana Del Rey when Taylor Swift dragged her up there, looking very uncomfortable oh. on stage, going, why did you bring me up here? It's like when, you know, your parents used to babysit you in the car. You know, like you just have to go and sit in the car all night where they go to parties in your jammies <laughs> and fog up the windows and your brothers would be farting and it'd be like, I don't know if even if they locked the doors, they didn't bother. They just went, no, no, see you, go to sleep. Like this is this is 2024 babysitting, isn't it? Like Blue Ivy's there. She doesn't need to be there, but he's obviously on duty that night and just gone, fuck, I'll have to take her to the Grammys. She'll be fine. you got to come up with me. I can't leave you alone down there. <laughs> your mum will be upset. 
I loved hearing him call out the Grammys, though. They've got a pretty bad track record in being behind the eight ball. A lot of artists, and particularly artists of colour, have not been recognised. The Hip Hop Award was up until recently not televised. A bunch of different hip hop artists, mainly people of colour, have boycotted the Grammys over the years. And they've gotten it wrong many times where really big records by um, artists of colour have missed out in the way of um, in the place of, of, of white artists. And so it's, yeah, it was great to see him stand up there on that stage in that room and, and call it like it is. Yeah. I just loved it. I was just sitting there with the popcorn watching and wondering how all the big Grammys people were um, were feeling about that. There was also a moment that didn't happen on screen or on stage, but uh, in the backstage area, Boy Genius, the amazing trio of Phoebe Bridges, Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker, they won a couple of awards. They weren't telecast, but afterwards mm. in the media room, Phoebe Bridges said to the media that Neil Portnoy, who famously was the head of the Grammys a few years ago and said that the reason that women didn't win Grammys, that oh, they just needed right. to step up. She said, he's not dead yet, but when he does, I want him to rot in piss. Whoa. <laughs> Pull no punches. <laughs> Just the, the chutzpah. Oh, I think the frustration too, just the frustration of watching this all play out in front of us, you know, Joni Mitchell being gatekept at the Grammys until this time of her life. Beyonce not being acknowledged for making the best album when we know she's made the best album at some point, one of her many. Yeah. You know, all of that stuff, I think the frustration, it's at boiling point. And also, too, it, it, fortunately, now we can say these things and verbalise them a little bit more. It is turning around. There was It was a much more diverse Grammys. It also represented what the charts are doing in that women are really dominating in terms of new artists and artists who are bringing in the biggest audiences. And it was a history-making moment for our Kylie. We didn't forget. Twenty years after she won her first and only Grammy, she backed it up. 2004 was the last time that Kylie won, and now she has a second for Padam. Our Kylie. She's I was stoked it. for her. She posted on her socials as well that she. It was another one of the awards that was given out before the ceremony, so she was still getting ready. And How she's there is in best <laughs> pop performance being given out before the broadcast. Well, the broadcast, even though it does go for three and a half hours, it really is about the performances. There's a handful of awards, but there's so many performances, and yeah. that's what it's about. Yeah, well, that that's good, I guess. But still, pop, female. That's why. Best dance pop recording. I think female, it was. I should yeah. say. Yeah, but she smashed it. She beat out Troy. I think he was still happy for her, though. Of course. Um, and a very padam week to Kylie Minogue Ooh. and to all of us for relishing in her incredible win. So, so, so good. Loved it. You can catch up on all the highlights. I watched three and a half hours for you, Miff. You Ooh, don't need to watch you. it all. <laughs> but thank it was you. enjoyable. I did enjoy it, although um, at about the three-hour mark, I was like looking at my watch going, I mean, it's got to finish soon, right? Yeah. It's got to finish soon. Do you know, I, th- I heard it went for five and that was just immediately. It was a nope <laughs> on my list. No, nah, three and a half. Not three and bad. a half. Okay. that's yeah. Maybe it was five hours with the pre-award ceremonies. Yeah. Speaking of other music things, this week the trailer dropped for the new biopic on Amy Winehouse, Back to Black. This is a little taster of it. I don't think I was put on this earth just to sing. Me. I want to be a wife. I want to be a mum. Probably run off with someone famous anyway. You're my heartbeat. You're my soul. I love you. I don't bang out tenets by lunch. I need to live 
my songs. So that's what I'm going to go and do. That's Marissa Abella, who's a UK actor who's playing Amy Winehouse. And it's been directed by Sam Taylor Wood, who didn't just direct Fifty Shades of Grey, but also did that film in 2009, Nowhere Boy, Ooh. which was like a biopic on the young John, John Lennon, Lennon, which I haven't seen. Have you seen that? I feel like I did, but I can't remember it. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. I would you know, have seen I've pro- it. I've probably seen it too and yeah. I just don't remember. She also did Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I and, just mentioned it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you did too. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I was thinking Sam Taylor. Is it Sam Taylor Wood or Sam Taylor Johnson? Oh, no, you're right. Sam Taylor Johnson. Okay. Who's Sam Taylor Wood? I don't know. Maybe that's her previous name. Just Googling. It uh, is. She married the guy from the Nowhere Boy film, the actor. Yeah. It is previously Sam Taylor Wood, now Sam yep. Taylor Johnson. Um, swapped out one triple barrel for the other. There you go. Sorry about that, Sam Taylor Johnson. She's the director of the new film. Have you seen a little trailer of it yet? I have. It looks, uh, yeah, like, whew, it looks like a lot. Um, Melodramatic I, is what I'd say. Yeah, but then also I, I think watching the doco that came out quite a few years ago now, on Amy Winehouse was a real wake-up call for all of us as to how we had all partaken in watching a young woman basically, you know, her her demise and by watching and observing and by buying the trash mags that fed fed this horrible, horrible sort of cycle of, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, I, f- I found that difficult enough watching that doco and realising my partner because I looked at all those photos of her out in clubs and, you know, looking worse for wear and singing songs and watching them and, and sort of we didn't we weren't laughing but we were certainly partaking in it as an observer without really critically thinking about our role as the observer. So I'm not sure I'm ready for the for the movie, to be honest. I think that was enough of a reckoning for me with Amy. Um, that was a phenomenal documentary too. It was phenomenal and I, I saw the people, the vultures around her and all of that, the whole business that we are involved in, that was a real wake-up call for me as to my role and, and, and how I partake in, in this business that is music because it looked, it, it you know, the result, her, her life and how, how it ended is a direct result of the industry that she was in, the magazines that made and newspapers that made money from her, um, yeah, it was yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not excited to see this. No, I'm not either. But I'm curious, and mm. so I probably will see it. But yeah, I feel the same way. And I just thought that Amy, which is the name of the doco, was just so extraordinary. But I am curious. It's mm. coming out in April, Mayish in the UK and US. I'm sure it'll be around the same time in Australia. It's called Back to Black. I just saw as well this morning that Nick Cave and Warren Ellis have just been announced as the composers of the score to oh, the wow. film too. So they've been doing a lot of scoring, film score work over many, many years now. But, yeah, they've just been announced as doing this as well, which um, adds a bit of weight to it too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's no good way to segue this, I was going to say. Speaking of weight. Song that's rocketed back into the charts all over TikTok for a good reason, all over the film Saltburn. Which a few people have been asking me, Miff, are you guys going to talk about Saltburn? You were a um a, 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 an, an early, early viewer, <laughs> early viewer of Saltburn. I went in going, I'd heard it's a sort of murder mystery uh, story about a, a difficult, you know, a, a, a difficult person. Um, and went, oh, that sounds great. And it was by <laughs> the director that that did a film that I respected and admired. 
Um, Emerald fennel. That's right. And so I went in and then I was like, whoa, what did I just see? Shit. What was that? And, and there were, I hadn't read any dialogue about it. It was probably the opening week. Hadn't done any any of the discourse, none of it. And I was like, oh, I need to talk to somebody about this because I don't know how to feel. There was just lots of confusion that week on Bang On from and you. It was. And funnily enough, it's been critically, basically, you know, murdered essentially as a film, but on social media like TikTok, this is where its glory has risen. The kids are loving it. They love it. They're loving the return to Indie Sleaze, which is the soundtrack because yeah. it's set in 2007, I think, or six. Um, they're loving the, the outfits and the set design is, is actually quite beautiful. And as I said, the supporting cast, well, the cast is, is extraordinary. So there are some good points to the film and, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's some bits that are just like, well, they're, they're just enough now. Come on. But anyway. A friend, a friend of mine explained it to me this way because I still haven't seen it. I'm still totally on the fence. Oh, you got to go. Well, it's on Amazon it's a cultural, Prime now. It's a cultural now. moment. You've got to go. Why, yeah, and this is why it's blown up because you saw it at the cinema, but then it's gone everywhere worldwide because it's now on streaming. It's and on everyone Amazon watched Prime. it at Christmas time when they were stuck at home. So all the little kitties <laughs> getting on the TikTok going, oh, this is a really pervy movie and it's got a really cool soundtrack. Kids, everyone, let's watch. <laughs> And then that became a thing where they had their parents in the room where they would watch it with their parents and film them reacting to what we're going to talk about, which is the bathtub scene and the graveyard scene. So that was also another element. And then that's stuff you can't predict in social media, how things are going to take off. But that was actually very, very entertaining, watching older folk watch these scenes in movies it was great <laughs> and that seems to be the thing that's been one of the div- dividing things about it is that you know my mate said to me everyone under 30 loves this film everyone over 30 hates it yeah so it's very binary and I know that's a massive generalization but I thought that was an interesting take in terms of how we connect with it but that bath scene which surely bang fam know about it now but can you explain what happens in the bath scene and spoiler alert if you don't want to be spoiled, I feel like given that this has been so omnipresent, you know exactly what's happened. Miff, capture, capture the moment. What happens in okay, the Okay, how graphic would you like me to be? Oh, come on. It's Bang Fam. They can handle okay. it. <laughs> if you're listening in the car and the kids are there, maybe it's time to turn it down and pause it for later. Yeah, I think so. Um, well, Jacob <laughs> Elordi, who plays one of the main characters, as if I can remember his name, um, he... <laughs> Because I don't remember anyone's names in movies and that's why I find it so difficult sometimes. I'm like, who's that? What's their name? Um, anyway, his character is very is very handsome and, and, and the, the, it's it's a very much not it's, – it's a, you know, in the traditional sense, the male gaze is how the film camera was, was utilised because directors were male and they talk about it as the male gaze. This is a woman director but I feel like this gaze is, is not just um, female. It's kind of it, – it's all – it's it's all sexualities, gays, because he is made to be beautiful in such a way that's kind of a bit pervy for everybody. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I don't know. I think I think there's a discussion there on how on the gaze of the camera with with a character like Jacob Elordi as well. But anyway, he's in the bath. He's um, had had a fun time, and as an older person, <laughs> it's disgusting. Do it outside the bath. Don't sit in the water. That's foul. But he left it in the water, and then the other guy who is played by Barry Keegan, who's kind of perving at him through a crack in a door or whatever. Then, um, as the bathwater is empty, goes in and licks the bathwater, drinks it. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's absolutely disgusting. That's not okay. 
And this is the moment where kids That's, are filming their parents. That's right. And their, their parents reacts. are going, what the fuck is going on with <laughs> this generation? This is foul. Well, I do wonder if any of them are going to be heading out to Lush in the UK. Yes, the mm. sneeziest shop that you'll ever enter, the place that you can smell a mile away, that place where they sell all the big soaps because Lush have just released a salt, released a salt burn bath bomb mm. with the tagline, come and relax oh. or vice versa. <laughs> How did they spell come? C-O-M-E, oh, thank God. That's very C-U-M is just, whenever I see that, I'm just like, Wah! Yeah, I know. It's disgusting, isn't I'm it? I'm over 30. Can you tell? Yeah, I Lap can. it up. Salt worms, it- salty, milky bath water is fit for a stately splurge, they say. Mm. There is no semen in this bath bomb myth. No. Salt, coconut, and our favourite ingredient, patchouli, is in oh, the bath bomb, well, just in case you're wondering. Yeah, and they don't say, though, whether or not it's edible, so... I'd be very careful about that. <laughs> don't be don't be getting any ideas if you're using it in your bath. This has got to be, I don't know if she realised it, surely she'd have an inkling, but it's got to be one of the most viral moments in film of the last six months. And it's still going as well because the other part of this story this week is that, have you seen the news about Jacob Elordi, who's back in Australia, who plays the actor that's in the bath? He was approached by a producer, a radio producer at a, I think he was at a pub in Clovelly in the last few days. And that producer has now um, alleged that he was, there was an altercation. Here's what happened. If you haven't heard it, the producer is from the Kyle and Jackie O show. I will say that. And he basically went up to Jacob Bellotti with an empty jar and told him to fill it with his bath water. Oh my God. So Jacob's out there, probably with some mates, hanging out back in Australia. He's Australian, if you didn't know, and just chilling out. And this producer just turns up and gets up in his grill and with this jar, and it's all a bit gross. And and I'm sure it's probably not the first time that no Jacob's been faced with something like this, and maybe it all got too much. And and certainly don't condone any kind of any kind of violence. But apparently he pushed him up against a wall. He flipped, pushed him against the wall, and. You know, but it's funny on social media watching the reaction to this saying, oh, goodness me, that's unexpected from somebody who's got quite a good reputation. And then people on Twitter and, well, what do we call it, X again, on social media and and are saying things like, well, that's the Kyle and Jackie O show, nothing to see here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's what I've noticed too. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Even like overseas publications, you know, posting about it and everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's Kyle and Jackie O. That says it all. Yeah. <laughs> just, well, their the, producers are renowned for being, you know, really full on. So, and I guess that's how you, you have a, a really high rating controversial radio show. But, you know, some people aren't up for it and that's okay. No charges have been laid. The man didn't sustain any injuries. The guy who was the producer hasn't pushed any charges um, on on Jacob Elordi. So we'll see where that rolls out. But there's follow-up, and you'll love this because it's your favourite publication, Miff. Mm. In the days that have followed, a Daily Mail reporter has gone to Jacob Elordi's parents' house. Oh, God. To see what they think of it all. Leave them alone. Mum Melissa has absolutely shut them down. What do you think you're going to achieve by coming here? How disrespectful and how rude to come here. It's a real I'm not angry, although she does sound angry. I'm just disappointed in you five. But leave these people alone. It's so embarrassing. It's so gross. It's so basic, isn't it? And it's just, you know, getting in people's personal spaces about something that's viral. There's got to be a line, Miff. I might sound old and crotchety, but there's got to be a boundary here. No, I do feel like the TMZ days of of in-your-face stuff is over. 
I do yeah. feel like it and I do feel like, you know, the courting of these people who take photos to get you in daily daily press is kind of over. People are well, starting to really see through it. Well, you just talked about it with Amy Winehouse People are starting to see through it. And even with the Kardashians, I think that the house of Kardashian is on a decline because people are tired of it. They're just not interested anymore. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Anyway, it's been a big week for Jacob Elordi. He's actually going to be on the Goldie this weekend for the actors, and you've been nominated. It's so have you. Tonight. So have you. We're nominees. We're just we're just uh, honoured to be nominated, Miss. Yeah, happy happy to be in the group. Um, yeah, <laughs> congratulations on your nomination for Eurovision. Congrats on yours for your beautiful factual entertainment series. <laughs> The sexiest award there is. Yes. Factual entertainment. Well, you get to go to the sexy award presentation, whereas mine was is in the um, what do they call it? The there's a special name for these actors' awards on the Thursday. Um, is it the industry awards? The industry awards, which is code for uh, too boring, can't put it on TV. <laughs> Uh, which is unfortunate because Eurovision was very entertaining and so Seriously? is so best entertainment. <laughs> I would have thought maybe we'd get a Guernsey for the other, but no, today. We'll find out today. Um, lots of beautiful entrants. Don't mind. We, you know, whatever happens, happens. But um, th- is this your first actors? Eh? It's my first actors. Oh, it's a great fun ceremony. It really is. It's kind of like the Logies, but... I, I don't know. It feels a bit more relaxed almost. Good. Yeah, it's got a good vibe. It's a, a nice bunch of people and a good vibe. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be on the Goldie. I'm going to be wearing a teal Gold Coast Surface Paradise 80s outfit. Fabulous. Perfect. <laughs> um, and it will be fun. It'll be very, very fun. So um, may the best show win or if it doesn't, then good on you for being nominated before Hurst. Absolutely. And you too. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, we talked a lot about the Grammys before, mm. but we obviously – have to talk about how it looked. I think the Grammys, much like the Aries, is considered the fun awards where you can get a little bit cheeky, go a bit wild. Mm. And there was some amazing fashion oh. on the red carpet. A few people who had multiple outfits. Miley Cyrus, I'm looking at you. It was fun, wasn't it? There was some good shit going on. Miley Cyrus was the winner with the hair of the night. There was a lot of hairstyle talk, action. Highly support this. Um, but Miley Cyrus won. She had a blowout of all blowouts. She, We talked about mob wife fashion last week. Yeah. Uh, she really epitomised mob wife with a, a blowout the size of, well, basically, your nan in the 80s who <laughs> really went hard on that Farrah Fawcett aerobic style hairstyle but just blew it out at the hair salon, made it big, kept it for a week, you know, and they slept in it and it just kind of got flat at the back. <laughs> It was one of those hairstyles and I fucking loved it. It was like, yes. And she thanked her hairspray in her one of her Instagram posts. And I went, yeah, Miley gets it. Miley gets this. She looked phenomenal. It's very designing women, wasn't it? That kind of throwback. Oh, my throwback. God, yes. <laughs> Did you know that the outfit, she, I mean, she had multiple outfits, but the one she was wearing when she performed on stage was vintage Bob Mackie? Was it? Yes. Of course it was because she came out in the Chaparelli Egyptian chain mail vibe. That was, yes. That was great. Channeling like, Jane Fonda in Barbarella, I think. Totally. And she's, and she's wearing those shoes that everybody is wearing. Um, there's a name for it and it starts with C. Of course, I can't remember it, but they've got the little toe in them. Hang on. Um, Toe shoes everyone's wearing. Tabby. 
Oh my god, you found it by that I Google it. search. I yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah, toe yeah. shoes everyone's wearing. Yeah, split toe foot. And if you have a look at her beautiful shoes, they are a very well, they're a smaller version, a tighter version of it, but she's wearing them. Um they're everywhere at the moment. They came out a couple of years ago, but I don't know, for some reason they're just kicking off. So if you can get yourself a pair, you'll be in fashion, but I can't imagine they're comfortable. <laughs> no, all of the shoes look so very So which toe do you split? Do you put one or two in? Like, I don't know. Do you put your first two or just your big toe? I guess it depends on the circumference of your toe, doesn't it? Because every toe is different. Mm. Every camel toe is different. <laughs> Speaking of camel toe, adjacent, was Doja Cat, was there a bit of a shadow of pubes going on? There was definitely some areola. Areola? Yeah. Areola? Nipple. Showing in her corseted dress, one of many people who was wearing pretty much a completely sheer dress. Mm. But you could see, yes, there was a bit of nipple showing. Areola? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Why is it so hard for me to say? Oh, it's a hard word. It's a areola. word we don't use very often, so that's fine. Um, but apparently, but there's a bit, of, a bit of a shadow of a map of Tassie going on under right. there as well. There was talk that it might have been hers, but given the amount of laser that the young folk are having these days, probably not. <laughs> but Merkins uh, were seen at New York Fashion Week, apparently. Uh, more recently, pubic wigs, that kind of gear. So maybe she had one of those going on. Underneath. Pubic wigs? Yes. Maybe I should wear a pubic wig on the red carpet for the actors. What are you wearing? A pubic wig? <laughs> I'm wearing a full bush. It's my chaparelli. It's a pubic wig. <laughs> it's my chaparelli Birkin. A lot of people loving what Dua Lipa was wearing as well in... Yeah. Cottages. I don't know that designer, but I'm not very good with fashion. She looked hot. Yeah, she looked like it was this plunging kind of silver sparkly number and then she had cutouts where the pockets might go, which I thought was very Mm. handy. But also then if you put something in there, then it's just falling to the ground. Yeah, it also says a lot about how rich you are because you don't need a bag or a handbag. (laughs) Someone else will carry that for you. Someone else has got that. (laughs) Useless. It's useless to you. You just look gorgeous. Kylie Um, was very on brand with her Padam Red as well in Dolce & Gabbana. Lots of corsetry. Quite a lot of tree on the red carpet this yeah, year. Yeah, look, I think it's on the way out, though. I feel like we've been doing that for a while. Me, who couldn't put a corset on if I tried. Since um, the 1800s, in That's fact. right, that's right. <laughs> um, what I did love, though, was Dawn Richard, who I Oh, wore, yes! She pretty much just wore her own shade tree. <laughs> there was a lot of corsetry going on holding that one up, but, um, oh, my goodness, this was wild. It was It was essentially a red... Continuation of the material that came up over her head into some sort of blooming bush. Yeah. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of blooming bushes, it was amazing, sun smart and all. I wonder though, I forget what award ceremony it was. Maybe it was the Oscars last year, but there was someone in the crowd who had a massive hat and it was like, God forbid, the person <laughs> who's behind. behind. It. And oh. that's the same thing with Dawn Richards. She's like, she's Get up got this the back. canopy <laughs> floating above her. You can't see shit through her if you're sitting behind. Sit up the back. Also, she didn't, though, I don't think, actually. I remember seeing s- some footage of her just sitting there with her tree. <laughs> How annoying. Speaking of things on top of heads and above you, um, very incognito Beyonce, who I reckon probably arrived a little bit late just before the uh, Jay-Z award was given out. Mm. But I was like, who is that person in a cowboy hat? Mm. It was goddamn Beyonce, not just dressed as a cute little cowboy with a matching short and jacket set, but that was designed by Pharrell Williams, who's the new artistic director for Louis Vuitton. That's right. She looked great. Yeah, I didn't recognise her at all when they panned to her. I, I, I do love an oversized hat. Couldn't wear one, but looks great on her. Well done.
And Lenny Kravitz being Lenny Kravitz, wearing a, just a variation on the theme of what he's been wearing for the last 30 years. Skinny jeans, sheer, sheer shirt, top. and a cropped leather jacket. And I quite like sunnies. the cropped leather jacket. Big sunnies, yeah. Oh, well, my God, huge. Pointless leather jacket, though. Let's, it's above the boob. Is <laughs> Little the only, bolero. Yeah, it's it's essentially a, a bolero. That's a, that's actually a great great term for it. It's the jacket you wear when you're not wearing a jacket. <laughs> He's looking good though. He's fifty-seven, and I saw a six-pack. Yeah, like he must be spending a lot of time working out. Oh well, I mean, he's Lenny Kravitz. On the other side of things, did you see Ed Sheeran on in camo? Just no, in... was he there? I couldn't see him. He was in camo, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> where, where is he? I rest my case. Exactly. It was incredible. You just sent me as well an amazing little video of Mark Jacobs launching his new season. Mark Jacobs is kind of making a bit of a comeback. And, oh, my God, speaking of Taft, this whole show that he put on looks phenomenal, Miff. Absolutely phenomenal. I mean, recently in his artwork for new collect- for his new collection, he's involved visual artist, legendary visual artist Cindy Sherman, who's, who's known oh. for her shape-shifting abilities. But then he's come out with this new collection that, I mean, it, it's, it shows just how on point Miley Cyrus was. Uh, the, the outfits are, are kind of harking back to that 50s, 60s simplicity, quite structured. Um, I think they'd look beautiful on, on the right people. I probably couldn't wear it. I'd look like I was wearing some sort of cardboard box. Um, but, however, in this parade it looked amazing. But the hairstyles are huge. They're literally like... Original 60s bouffants that you'd have to do by putting a balloon under the head. Or it's a nest. It's a nest. It's a bird's nest of hair. But what was even more phenomenal was um, uh, like big hair is in everybody. Get your cans of Seedle out. Um, your, <laughs> Never went away in my Your house. grand's got a huge one in there somewhere and it still smells the same, I can guarantee you, because I bought some from a chemist the other day because you can still buy the small bottles if you're travelling. Yes. And um, it still fucking stinks. <laughs> Uh, it makes me feel sick. It genuinely makes me feel. I feel comforted by that smell. You, That's so bleh, weird. Bleh. Nah, it's not right. It says it says chemical death to me. But it says CFCs. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but his his visualizing of the parade really blew my mind in terms of um, contrasting the the very ordinary with the extraordinary and the extraordinary being his outfits but what he's he's done and if you go to his instagram or wherever you you follow on socials you'll see these these chairs and it just looks like a row of chairs at a fashion show but as the camera kind of pans out these chairs are huge yeah and they're part of the parade and and it's almost like reverse dollhouse the the women are walking through and they're tiny and uh, Mark has said on Instagram, my love for the commonplace is a constant and meaningful lifelong affair. And I think that's why I love him, that that sort of appreciation of the, the art in the everyday. Through the unavoidable lens of time, my glass remains full of wonder and reflection. By examining the memorable and the mundane, we abstract and exaggerate with a disorienting familiarity in our desire to express something naive and elegant. And, yeah, it's it's quite mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful. I'll share that for Bang Fam in the show notes. It's a stunning video of, of his work. Uh, I want to know what you're banging on about in just a moment, but just a heads up, speaking of beautiful things, we very excitedly posted our gorgeous show art <gasps> for Bang On Live on socials yesterday. If you haven't seen it yet, 
Grab your phone. If you're listening on your phone, open up Instagram. We yeah. both posted it. It's just so glorious to have official show art. I know. It makes it real. It makes it real, doesn't it, for Bang On Live, which is kicking off in just a couple of weeks' time. And maybe that artwork will find its way onto some other things mm-hmm. at the show. Mm-hmm. We'll let you know about that. But, yeah, the tour is about to begin and all the details of where we're going, which is pretty much everywhere, yep. can be found in the show notes and also on our socials. Get on board. But check out that artwork. It's um, it's brash. It's gorgeous. And it's um, gorgeous. It's, it's gorgeous. It's so nice to have some um, – it's so nice to be on tour, to be officially on tour very, very soon, Miff. I know. It's real. It's gonna be Better great. get started on my fashion props. Oh, it's going to be a parade. It's going to be a parade. And you might be able to get in it. Oh, my God. Not you, but everyone else. <laughs> Not you, Zan, but everyone listening. We're going to have to put this on. So anyway, these are, these are our ideas. Keep listening to Bang On more about that yes. soon. What are you banging on about this week? I'm banging on about the telly sh- series that's on Netflix, and it's taken me a while to watch it, and I don't know why. I haven't quite finished it yet, but I'm absolutely loving it. It is Pretty beautiful and incredible and difficult. Boy Swallows Universe, the, oh. the, the adaptation of Trent Dalton's book uh, of the same name, which of course was read by, you know, pretty much everyone in the country. It's a mm. seven-part series based on the bestseller, but it, what I find beautiful is the acting of the the kids is extraordinary, like genuinely extraordinary. Um, the 1980s vision of Brisbane is immaculate, whoever worked on uh, all of that really knew what they were doing. It is, it is, ex- yeah, it's amazing. I'm, I'm so, so impressed. It just takes you there, and you know, it's, it's not an easy story too. It's about a little boy who grows up in a household um, that is has a drug dealer for a stepfather, and mum, mum was hooked on heroin at some point, and, and it's about the trials and tribulations. Um, everyone pretty much knows that story. What's difficult about this watch is even though it's it's visually amazing, the acting is extraordinary, what's bothering is that this is in our own country, you know, mm. that the poverty that these kids were living in and, and, and the families were living in. This is our own country in the 1980s and, I just, you know, and things haven't, like harking back to the Tracy Chapman song, that cycle of poverty and drug, drug abuse and alcohol abuse, a, a lot of that is still here and very, very, very much with us. And I think that was a real stark reminder that, yeah, things things haven't changed that much here in Australia either. So it's it's not not exactly an easy watch, but my goodness, on in terms of the quality of it, it's amazing. It really is. Unreal. I'm still yet to get to that. I've been kind of catching up on a bunch of things, including Slow Horses, which you banged ah! on about last year. I'm, I'm, I'm starting from the beginning. I'm just about to finish season one. Nice. Um, I will get to it, but that's a great reminder for anybody who's like me, a little bit behind the eight ball. That's great to hear that it's um it's beautiful to watch. It really is. And the acting is amazing. I mean, there's all sorts of big names in there. We've got Simon Baker, Brian Brown, Travis Fimmel, Phoebe Tonkin. Like, it's really, really high class but yeah it's um it's not an easy watch either yeah what are you banging on about I'm banging on about a book that a lot of people read over summer I saw it in heaps of my friends feeds 
Dolly Alderton's latest book, oh, Good Material. I bought this at Christmas and I haven't read it yet. Oh, my God. You'll read it in about two days, Miff. It's one of the most bingeable and <laughs> page-turning books ever. It's called Good Material because the protagonist in it and the voice in it is a male comedian. And from the get-go, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Dolly Alderton, who I've not read before, but I understand the history of her books. Okay, she's written a memoir. She wrote a best-selling book called Ghosts after that. And now she's writing from a male perspective. This is interesting. And she freaking smashes it. It's so, so good. It's a story of heartbreak, all the things that you go through. And you know when you're going through a heartbreak and you think, oh, my God, this is the worst thing happening in the world, but ultimately with the benefit of hindsight, you're like, this is the most universal experience ever and everyone goes through the same shit and to the point where all the stupid things that you do when you're heartbroken, all the things that you think, all the things that you assume, the way that you get inside your head is just told so, so well. So it's the story of Jen who's broken up with Andy, who's the comedian, and he doesn't know why. And it's just perfect like in terms of the way that they think about themselves and the world they're living in and for me as well looking at it from a kind of millennial gen z perspective probably more millennial perspective i just felt that there's a lot of really good crossover again that universal feeling of heartbreak even though i'm gen x and just it's really funny she's a really funny writer like it's just really pacey um the friends and the other characters within it are fantastic I just loved it. And as soon as I finished it, I went out and bought Ghosts and I'll probably go out and buy her memoir. I just really liked her writing. So it's taken me a long while. I wanted to mention it because I feel like a lot of Bang fam love Dolly Alderton. Mm, I do. Um, So I'm finally getting around to reading her and Good Material, her latest book, is fantastic. And I just actually gave it to Jeffy, my partner, um, who read it in about two days. I bet he did. He's he's one of those speed readers, isn't he? Like (laughs) Kath Day Knight. (laughs) (laughs) He'd get through it real quick. It, it is just so readable, though. And he yeah. sort of closed it and went, oh, there's a little bit of Jeffy and Andy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like highly relatable content. Um, but, yeah, it's fantastic. So if you've been sort of looking at it or you got it for Christmas and you've been wondering whether to read it, just turn the first page and you'll be you'll find yourself sitting there two days later having finished it. Beautiful. It's fantastic. Beautiful. Fantastic. Well, good luck tonight at the Actors. I know you, you won't be there, but I will be watching keenly to see how it all unfolds. Good luck on Saturday for you. How exciting. I'll try and get a selfie with Jacob Elordi and I won't bring Don't up the bathwater, I promise. No. I'd, I'd say he'll be, have a team of people around him guarding him. Get the fuck away from me. Yes. Don't, don't, common people away, please. I'll try and capture as much goss as I can for Bang On Sweet. next week as well. That'd be Thanks, awesome. babe. Thanks, see you soon. Love you. Bye. Bye. on.